I think I could turn and live with animals. They're so placid and self-contained. They do not sweat and whine about their condition. Not one is dissatisfied. Not one is demented with the mania of owning things. Not one is respectable or unhappy over the whole earth. From Walt Whitman. Hello everyone, I'm Rob McCall. This is the Awanajo Almanac, devoted to feeling at home in nature and breaking down the wall of hostility between us and the rest of creation. This is the Almanac for May 18th to 25th, 2018. It's the first quarter of the flower moon. And here are some natural events for this quarter moon. To seek wisdom and morality from plants and animals is as old as human nature. The book of Job, dating to the 5th or 6th century B.C., says, Ask the beasts, and they will teach you. The birds of the air, and they will tell you. Or the plants of the earth, and they will teach you. And the fish of the sea will declare to you. Who among these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In his hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. Aristotle's Historia Animalium, probably 3rd century B.C., was the great philosopher's effort to describe the animals of the known world and their characteristics. Much of Aristotle's material was drawn from other sources rather than his study of real animals. So, the Historia includes many mythical animals and much fantasy. Still, it was a remarkable work for its time. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, implores his disciples to learn from the animals. Consider the birds of the air, he says. They neither reap nor sow, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Consider the lilies of the field. They neither toil nor spin, yet even Solomon, in all his glory, was not clothed like one of these. In the 2nd or 3rd century A.D., an anonymous volume called the Physiologus appeared, setting the stage for countless medieval books cataloging the real and imagined qualities of real and imagined animals. In medieval times, these beautiful, beautifully and fancifully illustrated books were called bestiaries and were treasured by the wealthy and the learned. Best known among them were the 12th century Aberdeen bestiary and the 13th century Rochester bestiary, which can still be enjoyed in libraries or online. So for a thousand years or more, volumes of natural history, bestiaries, illustrated psalters and scriptures copied and recopied each other's errors so often that no one knew that the unicorn or the phoenix or the griffin did not actually exist, or that the pelican did not pierce her own breast to feed her young with her blood. So we can see that the book Scripture Animals by Jonathan Fisher 
1768-1847, was not simply the odd idea of a quaint folk artist and minister who lived in Blue Hill over 200 years ago. It was part of a very long history of lively illustrated books about animals and their habits and their wisdom, showing a respect for their lives and ways and applying them to our own lives. Though Fisher observed many of the animals in his book firsthand in the same main fields and forests we walk today, he included many he had never seen, and many of his descriptions still bordered on the fantastic. Modern bestiaries down to the present day include the works of John James Audubon, 1785-1851, Charles Darwin, 1809-1882, William J. Long, 1857-1952, Ernest Thompson Seton, 1860-1946, and Bernd Heinrich, who's still writing today. These naturalists wrote largely from their own observations, and so, sadly, not a unicorn or a phoenix is to be found among their descriptions. So here's a rank opinion. Unfortunately, modern bestiaries, unlike the ancients, also find few moral lessons for humans in the lives and habits of other animals. It seems as though this would be unscientific. But does that mean that we have nothing to learn from the animals? Far from it. For example, what animal, other than ourselves, kills except to feed itself and its young? What other animal makes war against its own? What other animal poisons the air or the water to the detriment of others, or takes a load of trash to the dump every Saturday to add to the growing toxic landfill? They all build their homes and feed themselves entirely with organic, renewable, biodegradable materials. They all find everything they need in the bounty that the earth provides. Are there no moral lessons for us here? And finally, here's a seed pod for you to carry around with you. This one from Henry David Thoreau. Every creature is better alive than dead. Men and moose and pine trees. And he who understands it aright will rather preserve its life than destroy it. Well, that's the almanac for this quarter moon, but don't take it from me. Go out and see for yourself. <laughs>